How you doing, Grant? I'm doing great. I've been looking forward to this. I love having guests. Yeah, having guests is a good one. We have another one. We've been on a roll getting some good guests. Yes, yes. And since you can always cut the tape, if we got a bad one, you just, we won't have to mention it. Yeah, this is true. Just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so she better be good. Yeah. Or she's gone. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> I, I think this will be a fun one. This is a uh, our first person who's who's younger than thirty years old. Wow! On wow! Yeah. So uh, this week's wonderful guest is my friend Haley V. Rock, and more importantly, my study abroad roommate. The origin of mine and Haley's meeting, but the reason that we have her on today is because it's a very special episode. Oh! It is episode number thirteen. Oh. And for those of you watching, thank you all for joining us. Uh, you may know a wonderful musician whose lucky special number is 13. Hmm. And she's been all over the news. Hmm. And she just had a movie come out based on the tour that she's currently doing. Oh, I saw that movie. I know you did. We'll have to ask Haley about it because she's seen it in live. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's big. But uh, Haley's pretty cool. Haley is... What do you call yourself? A professional music fan? Professional fangirl, yep. I professional fangirl. <laughs> oh, gosh, I got to learn more about that. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, we could do an entire episode purely on Haley's soccer career alone. That mm -hmm. itself is is another fun adventure. Um, yeah, so you, you went to college in Rhode Island. You're from New York and yes. went to college in Rhode Island to, to play soccer and to do, to do business marketing. Mm-hmm. And then yes, you just graduated early, might I add, a whole year early, my lovely, intelligent queen. <laughs> and uh, and uh, now you work in, in music advertising in, in that marketing space. And I think you're, you're well known uh, by the, probably the TikTok world the most for your, <laughs> your, your music related content. I wouldn't quite say well known, but <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, I try. You're up there. You're up there. <laughs> I was going to say, the other interesting fact is Haley had an internship working with a podcast, running their social media. Oh. And so as I continue to uh, push our social media, I, I send stuff to Haley and I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Yes. The, I, yeah. ran, I ran an Instagram and TikTok account for a podcast for... Most of these here, for from January to August, I was their intern and I was doing all of their social media and I was watching raw footage and pulling clips and editing them together and posting them away. Yeah, when you when you do this, do you, do you ever? Yeah, me. I don't want to dominate the questions, no, but go for it. do you ever aim stuff at seniors? I that was not the target demographic for. It's not. Okay. For, for, at least for, for anything Haley does. <laughs> but everyone's going to have a different audience. That's the beauty of the podcast. They're all, yeah. they can apply to everyone. But it was a comedy podcast and it was two guys yeah. in their 40s, 50s doing it. And they were targeting other guys like them, basically. So yeah. I was the 21-year-old intern. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> they had no yeah. idea what was going on. <laughs> I was oh. just, Those of us who are young everything. have to do the social media stuff. Yeah. But I was going to say, like a few weeks ago, I had a friend come up to me and was like, hey, 
my girlfriend saw you on like her YouTube, like for you page basically. <laughs> and he was like freaking out about it. And I was like, that is so like cute, but humbling at the same time. And like, is. you've been noticed, like you've been recognized before for your TikTok page. How does that feel? It's okay. I, for background knowledge, I have about 1300 followers on TikTok. So it's really not a significant following by any means. But imagine but, if 1,300 people were standing in front of you watching you. Yes. Like, However, you feel like that's a lot of people. <laughs> it is very niche. So when yes. I go to concerts or events or stuff, that's I'm not getting recognized in the middle of a store. But yeah. when I'm at a concert for an artist that I like and post about a lot, that's happened a couple times where people tell me they've seen my videos or yeah. they saw one time. The, the time this was big and this was when I was with our other dear friend, Chapin. We were in Boston waiting for a concert that I had posted about trying to get tickets for. And some girl came up to me and she said, I, I saw your video. I'm so happy you were able to get tickets. And that was kind of the only like, whoa, <laughs> digital <laughs> like, this is moment. Yeah. But I was going to, you're a, you're an avid concert goer. Yes. A major music fan. And you have, you have pretty big breath from like some more niche artists all the way up to the goddess herself, Taylor Swift. And uh, and before we get to Taylor, Grandpa, I don't think is, he told me earlier today, like he didn't, when he was our age, like Elvis was a thing, but like the Beatles were just coming up. Like he didn't have the abundance of music artists the way we do now that get big no. to go see. Uh, I don't think he's ever witnessed the experience of like camping out to see a concert or like the frequency at which you go to these concerts and like, I don't know, leave at like two in the morning and like sleep in the middle no. of some city. Yeah. No, I, I, I think when Woodstock happened in New York, um, you know, I had babies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was, you know, I did see Elvis when I was in seventh grade at the Chicago Coliseum. Wow. And they really did cart young women out of the place who passed out and they take them down to the basement. They had uh, dozens and dozens of cots down there with medical staff. You've you got know, to be it, smart about it for sure. And yeah. it's definitely something. And I also think it kind of ties into playing soccer and athletics and mm -hmm. knowing my body and what I can handle. But it's camping for a concert is not for everyone. And you don't do it for every show. So like when I went to see Taylor Swift for my shows, this was not something I did. Till, we'll touch on this. Yeah, we will. <laughs> but for general admission shows, like Tilly and I have coming up, yeah, that's when you camp. So that's where it's just everyone has the same ticket and everyone has, that's when there's the barricade and they call it the pit. And some, and that's some concerts have late. both. Yeah. So like Haley's Haley's been to some concerts like when she saw Taylor she was in a seat so you don't have to go wait in line to try and get the best seat because you already have an assigned seat but then she sees a lot of smaller artists that either play at like festivals or smaller venues uh -huh. where you can get a pit ticket or like general admission and then she camps all day long she sits at whatever the venue is with whoever she goes with and sometimes she goes alone she's a brave soul uh -huh. And then she's she waits all day, and you sit there and sleep there basically because you have nothing else. You can, you can't leave the line. Yeah. Until I've the never, concert happens. I've never camped by myself. I'll go to a concert by myself, but mm -hmm. camping for a sh I can't do it all day. 
I've waited like an hour for a show by myself, but yeah, you've got to tag team camping because yeah. you got to leave at some point. You got to come to back. Go to the bathroom. It's, it's not well, enjoyable. I, 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 now that you're working mm-hmm. five days a week, yes. How do you? And I'm assuming how do you spend your days? It must vary. You probably talk with the people you want to publicize, and you're busy. Now that I'm kind of getting into the swing of things a little more, I have more actual work to do and I'm working on things for people. I have a couple clients on the air, so it changes day to day, which is something that I like about it. Um, I've had internships where it was very, very boring and not enough work for me to do, so. No. So what would your your dream job be? I was just gonna say, Tree Payne Jr. Tree Payne, Tree Payne is Taylor Swift's publicist, and I want to be her intern more than anything in the world. But <laughs> or assistant, yeah, any of the above in in the realm of Tree Payne. Yes. So my I want to do marketing. I want to be on like a big artist's marketing team. Specifically, if I could do something with their social media or like their content and their brand strategy that is kind of the niche field and marketing that I love and want to work in. But dream job is like working at a record label just on someone's marketing team or doing marketing for a couple small artists. Mm-hmm. And Tree Pain specifically is Taylor Swift's kind of marketing PR. Uh, yeah, like, publicist marketing. Yeah, publicist and Thank quiet you. force. And Haley specifically is so, so well-versed in like the social media world. And so it's kind of this this weird rift of people in, in any industry. And I mean, Gramps, you and I are dealing with this now. Like, yeah. there's a reason I'm the one who who runs the social media page and, and not you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so it's kind of kind of funky being like an expert in things. When we were in uh, in Italy, I don't know if you had to take it. I took the social media class. And it was kind of funny because the teacher straight up the first day was like, this is the only class where like you guys know more than the teacher will. Like there's no way that they can ever be on the brink of what we're doing because we, we live in it for hours a day, which is yeah. Yeah. scary. But I tell everyone, I'm like, it's my job. I have to know what's going on. It is. Bit, I, yeah. I say it's my job as my excuse for screen time. Yes. Yeah. More than I should. Well, well why, don't, why don't we jump right to it and... Say, um, instead of you being with Tilly and I uh, today, uh, supposing you had an evening with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, supposing you did. <laughs> what, what might be the top five questions you'd have for her? Or the top, what would you like to ask her? What would I ask Taylor Swift? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and and it doesn't have to be in order. You, but it would seem to me, as well as you know her, <laughs> that oh, you know, if, and if you answer me, I was going to turn around and say, okay, what would be the top five or a few suggestions you might make? Uh, if you had the courage uh, to talk with her, um, what? Ooh. I mean, if you I don't look know if at I the... could ever tell Tree Paint what she could do better. 
<laughs> do you? Okay, I will say. Well, this. you could ask her. A lot what, of what would you like to be able to do better? A what lot she of thinks her online, areas of improvement are. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people online will make predictions, and they'll say like, "Tree pain is gonna cut this down. Like, tree pain is gonna make sure this comes to an end." Things like rumors that happen. Do you yeah. ever feel like you call things and then like tree pain does 100%. it? Yeah. Oh, really? Maybe well, she's been a little more vocal and a bit more. She in years past, she hasn't really intervened directly. Like a couple months ago, we saw her directly tweet a response to something which hasn't happened since I think it was 2016 or 2017. So She's usually not very direct with her messaging. She goes to usually like people or entertainment tonight for her statements. And I, I read them so much. I can kind of tell like it's her wording and when she's the source and I know when it's coming from her, but oh, I don't even know what, what I would talk to her about for areas of improvement. No, I'll skip the improvement. What would, you, what would you like to know? I don't know what I would ask Taylor. There's so many things I could um if I actually if I sat down with her right now I would ask her the re-recording schedule and what the oh, <laughs> coming out next okay. will it have to explain the re-recording saga to grandpa yes. and I'm sure many other I, elderly viewers cool. don't understand what that saga is but mm -hmm. I was going to say the other question that you've told me that you would ask her is did she go to the farm the oh apple, like yes. the orchard that you worked at <laughs> I know I know she went but it would be if we know she the went. Song was she was about it. It would be if that's what inspired all too well. So Haley I'll give context to this. So yes, please. <laughs> I I live an hour and a half from New York City, and it's a very when people who live in the city, celebrities that live in the city, they want a little weekend escape, specifically in the fall. Since we're so close, it's a very popular destination for because I live right alongside the Hudson River and right alongside the main rail like the main train stations. So you get into Grand Central and in an hour and a half, you can be in my hometown. But a farm that I worked at in high school and a little bit into college is a really popular, it's an apple orchard. It's a, like just, we have fruits and vegetables. It's a really popular spot. And in 2010, I think it was, Taylor Swift went. But And she wrote a song. And she wrote a song called All Too Well, and one of the lyrics is singing in a car getting lost upstate. Okay. So that, you're 100% you're right, Till. I would absolutely ask her that. 100%. Does she remember where that, that lyric comes if from? If it's from her trip to Fishkill Farms, you're right. Absolutely. If she even absolutely. remembers going there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'd probably ask her what keeps her up at night. She's She is a... She is always writing something. She writes Absolutely. music about being up at night all the time. Yeah. She had a whole, whole album. Is it Midnight's? Midnight's, about being is, up at night? Midnight's is about <laughs> things that kept her up in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's a whole album of it. Wow. So let's, uh, let's kind of start and do a little, little Taylor history recap and give Gramps the spark notes on the re-recording saga. So Taylor Swift signed her first... <laughs> She signed Go her first it. record label when she was like 14 or she signed her first record deal when she was like 14 or 15 and she signed it with a group called Big Machine Records 
in Nashville, Tennessee. And basically it was for six albums, but she did not own the rights to the individual albums, like the master recordings. She did not have the rights to those. She did not own those, but she owned the songwriting credits, which was why she was able to go back and re-record them. But she wasn't really getting along with the people at her record label. They kind of wanted her to go in a different direction than she wanted to. So in 2019, when her record lab- when her record deal expired, she switched to Universal Music. And then the big issue and falling out that most people know about was her master recordings were sold for, I think like around $350 million were sold to someone in the music industry that she has not gotten along with throughout her career. And she wasn't notified about the sale or given the opportunity to buy the recordings. So what she decided to do was go back and individually re-record her first six albums because she wanted her fans to be able to listen to the music without feeling guilty. And there were a lot of issues with her performing the old music and she didn't have the rights to the recording so she couldn't put them in things and get them approved for a lot of it. So she just decided to go back through and re-record them. And the first re-recorded album came out in 2021 and then they've been sporadically coming out for the past few years and she has four out of the six done now. Mm-hmm. And the last, which ones are we waiting on? We're waiting on Reputation and Debut? Yes. Okay. And Haley specifically is a Reputation girly. I am. Hey, like, Reputation is her album, so she is absolutely sitting on the edge of her seat waiting for that announcement to come. That was one of her, it was her big comeback album. Mm-hmm. Those are my two personalities. I'm either in a folklore mood or a Reputation <laughs> mood. Those and, are my two uh, favorites. Yeah, I was going to say, Taylor's had this kind of funky change in music. She started in the country space and then has been more pop and then has kind of just grown and and progressed. Um, And and it's kind of cool because I feel like there's not, I I don't know any person besides like people who love to hate on her just to hate on her, who can say that there's not one song they like. Like, I think it's really easy with the variety she has to say that, oh, I'm not into the country stuff, but I really like something from Red or something from Reputation. Um, but but it's it's kind of interesting to, to see the growth and, and how she's changed over all these years. But the other fun thing is she, besides, I will get into Easter eggs too. That's a whole nother adventure. But um, she, as she re-records these albums, she goes back and picks songs that she wrote when she originally released the album called The Vault Tracks. So she releases new songs that she wrote back when she made the album with said album. I'm always curious, like, are there vault tracks being written now that will come out in some capacity after the re-recordings? Like things she writes for the current albums that she doesn't put on them? I think that she is always writing and she said she's always writing. So I don't even want to think of how many songs out there she has that we'll just simply never hear. But... Yeah, I think she's always writing. She's always putting stuff on a new album. And I don't know what's going to happen with... I think about it all the time. Like, the songs that we'll just never hear. And I don't... When, 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 when you say she's always writing, does that mean 
every day she's writing like Bruce Springsteen she's Spring, Springsteen might not might not write anything for two years and then write three albums on a weekend uh, how does I don't know anything about her life uh, other than she's an incredible performer and what I saw at the movies uh, really moved me how it'd been a long time since I'd seen an artist speak to the audience the way she speaks to an audience she takes time she looks at them tells them how she's feeling asks them for how they're feeling she could speak to an audience and develop a relationship like they were in a room with you right now there in my lifetime there weren't a hell of a lot of artists that could do that um you may know more modern ones that might can do that but i i don't um i don't yeah honestly i think her fan engagement is one of the reasons she's not necessarily as successful but why her career has had the longevity that it has and why she's still just like gaining so much traction and you just year after year she's getting bigger which feels impossible but it's consistently happening where she's just gaining millions of new fans every year but she's spoken about the fact that she's always writing and it doesn't always come out to be a song or it doesn't always get put on anything but for example she mainly lives in New York now and she her studio is in a neighborhood in New York and she's always seen going in and out of this studio, especially when she's back in New York on Briggs for tour. So I don't always know what she's doing or what she's crafting up and what she's going to put it out, but she's spoken about the fact that she's writing something every day and always, Mm -hmm. she's always plotting and planning something. Yeah. And it's, it's so meticulous that it's not just the songs itself, Mm -hmm. the entire way she sends any message, any picture she's taken, anything she posts, Every single emoji means something. Like, there is such insane amounts of planning that go into, they're called Easter eggs, like little clues that that mean something. Do you have any, she does it a lot in her music videos. Those are, like, one of the most notorious things about them. Do you have any of, like, your favorite Easter eggs in music videos that you could explain to Grandpa? Let me think back to a couple. Hmm. Well, there's a couple. So she had an album come out in 2019 called Lover. And this was her first album with her new record label. And one of the music videos in this one, I believe, or we'll talk about Lover, the music video that she made for her song Lover. It has a house in it. And each of the house, each of like the house has a bunch of rooms and they're all color coded for sp- for specific albums. So that's an example of just she's always like every album has a designated color. So that's one example of one. Um, when when you were in Europe, 
and you walked into a train station or an airport and music was playing, would you hear Taylor Swift music? I think we was heard I Taylor listening music. to Taylor Swift music? Like was like, no, was, was it, it being public, played in, like, in it, the stores in, and stuff in the venues? Oh. Honestly, I don't remember. I don't think Europe has as much Plays issue music. with silence the way America does. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like when you go into a store and there's always like the radio playing in the background. So I don't yeah. think that was it, but. I know we it would be like doing was an absence of it, yeah. our karaoke. Yeah, people yeah. would always be singing Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, I Haley was with me when I turned twenty-one, and we <laughs> ended up at the karaoke bar to sing "Happy Birthday to Me" yes. at the karaoke bar that we went to almost every week. And every week. and there was and it's really funny. There's this guy, this old dude that would play guitar alongside the karaoke singers. Oh, and. Uh, and, and he would help them sing sometimes, which was questionable. But we yeah. very often would hear, and, and some of them were Americans, but some of them were Italians. Some of them were from other countries that were going to school there or visiting <laughs> there. People all over the place were picking Taylor songs to oh, sing. Neat. So there was definitely yeah. no absence of that. I was going to say, you're right, like it was quieter in stores, but I do remember, I feel like we'd go into like a Starbucks somewhere we were traveling, like when we were in Dublin or something, and mm-hmm. and we could hear Taylor playing. Yeah, I mean, obviously when I was in London, there was Taylor Swift stuff everywhere, but she was also living oh, there yeah. at the time, which also <laughs> probably aided yeah. the... Mm-hmm. English relationship with her, but I'm trying to remember. I feel like karaoke was the big one. Yeah. That was kind of just the everyone was singing all these different songs and there you'd have the couple Italian songs and then you would just hear like someone singing You Belong With Me. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, those are good ones. Um you you graduated in May. I did. And you wrote a thesis on Taylor Swift. I did write a thesis. <laughs> Can you give us some background and what was the content of said thesis? So for the honors college at my school, you have to write a thesis and it doesn't have to be, but it's beneficial when it's kind of in the direction that you, not necessarily that you want your career to go into, but in something that you're studying. So basically I wrote my thesis on music in the marketing industry or no, marketing in the music industry. So I wrote, it was, I would talk about different marketing strategies that the individual labels would use, that smaller artists use, that bigger artists use. And then it was a case study. So it's kind of just a constant comparison to what Taylor Swift would do. So I would talk about different fan engagement strategies. And then I would circle back to things that Taylor Swift had done, or I would talk about different just brand strategies and like brand deals and things like that and how Taylor Swift had done them and so that was pretty much what it was but it was kind of right when the big the ticketing the ticket master issue happened and that was kind of a really big deal going on and it was in the right when the re-recordings were kind of really taking off so yeah. it was definitely interesting to see and, and especially now you have so many artists who are working it into their label deals that they have to own 
their master recordings. So the same things can happen to them. And now you have Paramore recently announced that they're going back in and they're re-recording their catalog. So with someone on her platform doing it, you see how like how much the awareness is spreading about it because most people had no idea that most artists don't actually own their master recordings and don't really have a ton of say in what happens. Yeah. So that was kind of the first real deep dive I did into the academic and business side of the music industry other than just laying in the streets for hours to go to concerts. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> being a a professional fangirl. Being a professional think, fangirl, yeah. That was a- you're so good at it. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. The amount of times that stuff comes up on my page or or somebody will say something online and I text Haley or our other friend, Chapin, and I'll be like, give me the details on this or like, yep. what's happening with this thing next? Or, or I'll send them random questions. Um, but Grandpa obviously went and saw the Eras Tour movie in the movie theater. I have not seen it yet, and I don't know if I want to wait to see it until after yeah. I see it live, or if I want to see it first. But you have seen the Eras Tour six times. I did. Which I for some might times. be controversial, but it is very as a super I, fan. I I haven't honestly posted about it a lot because it True. does kind of feel. I don't want to say I feel guilty about it, but I am aware of the fact that so many people couldn't go and yeah. you don't feel like pushing it into people's faces. It feels like a privilege, but at the same time, like it also was a matter of like right place, right time. It's not like you went out and were able to buy tickets to all six of these right off the bat from Ticketmaster. Right. And it is definitely an industry where like you have to know the process to get the tickets or after they've been sold, how to resell like purchase you resell gotta play tickets. the game and i played yeah, it you Haley worked one of the the tour events like she worked selling food with her team they volunteered oh, yeah boy. so rf my so the other reason that i was able to go to so many shows was obviously the east coast is so condensed and i was living in rhode island at the time so i was only about 45 minutes from gillette stadium in massachusetts so i was able to get there super easy. I could, I was back in my apartment an hour after the shows. And then the other location where I went to shows was at MetLife stadium, which is New York, New Jersey stadium. And that one is only not even an hour and a half. So I was very lucky with my transportation costs. I didn't have to fly anywhere yet. <laughs> that, yeah, or- yet is the, is the keyword there because Haley, one of her best friends went to school in London mm-hmm. and, and decided, Hmm, I should I should get more Eras tour tickets. You know, Taylor's going on a worldwide tour. Why limit myself to America? And, uh, and Haley up and purchased. And at the time, was it supposed to be the closing date of the tour? It was supposed to be the closing date. And then... It, yeah, of what she had released. Haley bought a ticket for the closing night, and then she released more tour dates. So it's no oh longer boy. closing night. That's okay. It'll still be... <laughs> so Haley's going in London with some of her friends. I'm going twice in London. Oh, I I was going to say, I didn't know how many times you were going to that one. We're going, she added more shows in London. mm -hmm. So not only was our, was our original show no longer closing night. It wasn't even the London closing (laughs) night anymore, but the London tickets were so much cheaper. Yeah. Tickets in Europe are a lot cheaper. It was, 
I mean, we definitely do not have to get into how much money I spent total on all of these tickets. But you also, like, you work to go to concerts. Like, I, you're, I, yeah, you're I, living I, with your parents and yeah. and saving money to go see concerts for people you love. Like, you're going to remember this forever. Yeah, I worked two jobs all year to go to all of them. Yeah. But yeah. the ones I – my the big ticket for one of the MetLife shows where I was on the floor, so I was only 10 rows back. So she was – Super close, right in front of us. We were level with the stage. That was the mm-hmm. really expensive one. But all my other ones were about two hundred dollars. And then Which my London like, is ones comparable are to a football game. Like that is not outrageous. No. My London ones are hundred dollars each. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Our, and then get uh, into a uh, get into where else I'm going. <laughs> we're going to Milan. We're going to Italy. It's our our return back to. Uh, to the homeland of where we met. Back to the motherland. <laughs> yes. And uh, and so we'll see now that you're working a, a real corporate job if uh, if we're going to make a big vacation out of it or just a little trip. We'll see, see how that goes. I like to keep everyone on their toes. Who knows what I'll be doing in the summer. Yeah. It uh, it currently is January and the concert's in July and we have yet to know how we're getting to Europe, but we're going to get there somehow. I always and, figure uh, it out. Yeah, we we've got this. And I, I told Grandpa on another episode, like we can take trains and we can we can fly, we can hop, we can do whatever we need. Um, but those tickets were were a little bit more than a hundred dollars because we are on the floor and if we decide to camp out, we can be right in front of Taylor Swift. They are VIP tickets and they're about half of what I paid for my VIP ticket here. So Yeah. Still cheaper than here, but we also do still have to find a way to get over there. That's not an it's fine. issue. Yeah. It's fine. But somebody must have asked you what mm. has motivated you to to Taylor Swift. What what is is it that it's kind of really important for you? To to enjoy music and concerts, and she just popped out? Uh, is well, it something about her her life or her values or her politics? Because she is political. Um, what? I maybe think it's that, not fair that I ask you these, no, these no, things. No, I think that... One of the big things that attracts me to Taylor Swift so much is just how much music she has and how no matter what I'm feeling or what's happening in my life or what type of mood I'm in, she always has an album or something for me to listen to. So like we talked about, I played college soccer and one of her, the album Reputation, that was my go-to like pre-game hype up, warm up, everything. But then you also have her big album, like 1989, that just came out. And that's the perfect, you're in the car, you just want to put an album on, you're with your friends, you want to listen to that. Mm. Or she has Folklore, which is the quiet, kind of more acoustic sounding alternative album that I'll put on to go to sleep, I'll put it on to do my homework, I'll put it on to do work. So I think just kind of how inclusive her music is and how there's just genuinely something for everything you need and there's also especially for me and Tilly and just growing up when we did there's such a nostalgia attached yeah so much of her like 
love story and you belong with me and all of those songs that we've just been hearing for years and how like I remember watching the I knew you were trouble music videos when I was 10 like yeah it really just has it's for some people they've grown up with her and I think we've just grown up watching her which is a different relationship yeah. for sure but yeah. and just with the media aspect of it like it's it's just so much more intertwined than than a lot of artists or a lot of content that we consume. Mm-hmm. It's like something that you can be invested in because you can participate in it. She just did a big um, a big project with Google where like she had stuff like on the Google homepage and you'd have to like solve a riddle like going oh. back to the Easter eggs. So like she makes these massive like participation relationships with all of her fans and then creates these communities where all the fans are talking or speculating like it's a game that she lets us play and like gives to us as a gift at the same time which is cool and I think the special thing about I mean we have I mean like Chape's like a a super fan love you Chape but like you're like this is your livelihood too this is your career your future your passion like not only are you in this as a as a human like loving Taylor like you you found so much love for this and and want to do it 24 7 which is major I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why I feel so attached to her at times too. Because I genuinely do when she's like thinking of what she's going to do next or thinking of when she makes appearances someplace or just especially with like the different articles that she puts out. It's always just a game in my head of like the brand strategy behind it and the why is she doing this and what is the point of this. And it's definitely a fun game that I play. And then when yeah. I'll see like, no, she's not going to do this because of this or like a big one is always whenever there's something in the headlines and then me guessing when I think she's going to make an appearance. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm right, that's a big one. Yeah. When was your, your family musical? I mean, when you were a kid, did you guys sing along in the car when you were traveling? Uh, I think for sure. I also was in orchestra for eight years And I just, so I was playing music every day, which I don't think that has a huge relationship with how much I still listen to music now, but it was just kind of very ingrained in my day-to-day life where if I wasn't playing it, I was listening to it. Yeah. I'm interested in what's playing around your house or your room. Or, or in your car, what other, there must be a number two other than Taylor Swift. Oh, must I've be got some, a bunch of, I've got a number What are you Taylor, listening to? Taylor is like, I feel like it's like 90%. Like, it's not like you listen to Taylor for like five minutes a day. Like your, Taylor is your, your cream of the crop. But then you do have some beautiful other artists that fall into your like, your next categories. Right. I would say that it depends because usually when I'm in the car, I'll just put on a random album of hers. But you like when I get ready for work, it's honestly most of the time it's not hers. Um, I kind of want to say 60-40, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably because when I my the big thing is when I put Taylor Swift on is if I'm like having a very specific feeling or I just don't know what I want to listen to. Yeah. But otherwise, there's a lot. I mean, I went so last year I went to 17 concerts, and six of them were Taylor Swift. Just to kind of 
put it in perspective. Perspective for I am always at a Taylor Swift event and listening to that, but there's lots of other music too. Who else was on your Spotify Wrapped? I feel like it'd be like a like a Lizzie McAlpine, yeah. a Bryn Cartelli, a Boy Genius. Mm-hmm. Boy Genius was like at the top of mine because I fell as I fall asleep listening to them. Yeah, and then I I'll listen to their music while I'm driving, and I'm like. This is good, but, like, I definitely need something a little bit more upbeat because that stuff is so, like, emotionally powerful. It is very – and I think that's why I like it in the morning a bit better when I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to, like, wake myself up, but I don't want anything super in my face. But, yeah, Boy Genius, Phoebe Bridgers. Yes, 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 yes. Or Casey Abrams. Do do you communicate with other Taylor fans? Well, I think – Another big part for why I'm such a fan and why I enjoy doing everything so much is my two other very close friends and best friends are also really big fans. So these, like, the concerts and the album releases and the Easter eggs and doing all this, it kind of becomes an event for us, which is, I think, also why I enjoy it so much and look forward to it so much, just because, obviously, we're getting older and it's harder to get together and do these things, especially when we're in school, so... When we have this concert that we're going to, we're all looking forward to, or an album release when we're all going to be back in the same place for the weekend. I think that has a really big tie into it, specifically for Taylor Swift, because she just does so much more than everyone else does. Yeah. It's like the output. She hypes it up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to say, we were in a a marketing class of some sort or business class when we were in Italy together. And I'd look over at your computer screen and you would play this game where she would type out all of the titles to, to the Taylor albums. And I don't know what your record was, but it was, it was fast. Mm-hmm. You'd like type out all the record or like it'd make you like finish them or something like you do by letter or something. It was crazy how fast I'm glancing at Haley's screen and she is typing out these these lyrics or these titles. So I figured we should play a little Taylor game, a little quiz for you, <laughs> if you're up for okay. it. Give this comes off it. of the the BuzzFeed, how many of these Taylor Swift lyrics do you know correctly by heart? Um, okay. And I went, like, it gives you options, but I'm going to read the correct lyric and then you're going to tell me what song it's from. Okay. Ready for this? Yeah. Your mom's ring in your pocket, my picture in your wallet. How, like, annoying do you want me to get with this? <laughs> get however annoying you want to be. Champagne Problems, track two, Evermore. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> the lights are so bright, but they never blind me, me. You're going to hit me with that one. <laughs> Welcome to New York, track one, 1989. One of Haley's preferred songs as a New York girly. It is. <laughs> I was trying to fly, but I couldn't find wings. Hmm. Yeah, that one's got to be a debut song because I don't know it. Crazier. Oh, yeah. That one makes sense. That one. Mm-hmm. The Hannah Montana soundtrack. Yes. Um, I touch my phone as if it's your face. Hmm. This is a song I know you listen to. I know it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. I'm getting a red vibe. 
Hit me with it. You're on your own, kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever, we'll move on. <laughs> and blew through the money on the boys and the ballet. Another personal Haley one, The Last Great American Dynasty, track three, mm-hmm. folklore. Written about a house in Rhode Island. <laughs> the fact that you know which tracks they are, I love it. Um, you set up a paint set in the kitchen. The Best Day, track 12, Fearless. Your brain is miraculous. Um, but maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. All too well, track five, Red. <laughs> the way you walk, way you walk, way you say my name. Hey, Steven, track four, Fearless. I had to sing that one to myself. <laughs> yeah, I can see you doing that. Uh, and her snotty little family all dressed in pastel. Speak now, track four, speak now. And the last one. Okay. Did you hear my covet narcissism? I disguise as altruism. Antihero, track three. <laughs> Thank you, my wonderful queen, for playing that game. You're so yes. Yes. I'm not angry about the crazier one, but I am angry about the you're on your own kid one. I can cut it out if we want to change your score. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I need to ask you uh, about being a fan. Mm-hmm. When... Somebody says to you that I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. What does that tell you? I think it what? depends on the context of it. Well, it, I'll be more specific. Um, what would be the behaviors of, of a fan? And if they didn't have these behaviors, they're not a fan. Hmm. I think the big thing with, and I don't want to say anyone's a better fan than if they're a worse fan, but I feel like a big thing is just listening to the re-recordings instead because there's a significant amount of discourse about listening to for example, like Fearless that came out, that album that came out in 2008 compared to the new one that came out in 2021. So sometimes fans will say, oh, I don't like the way the new one sounds. I like the old one better. And I'm not going to say that they're a worse fan, but I definitely take it with a grain of salt and just think like, well, this wasn't the whole point of it. Like it's supposed to be an engaging, fun thing with the vault tracks and you know, she really doesn't want people listening to those and they were, you know, they're not, she doesn't own them. She doesn't have any control over them. It's like you're um, not supporting her exactly. So like yeah. their intentions and in listening to it are, mm-hmm. are more self-serving and like what they're in the mood to hear exactly versus right. like supporting Taylor's journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think it sounds like it takes a huge commitment. It is. It's it's not like uh, when you go to the restaurant and someone says uh, the crab meat here is really great, and they say, "Well, I'm not a fan of of crab cakes," or um, the word "fan" is kind of just thrown around. That if you don't even to describe that you like or dislike something. But when you talk about being a fan, you're 
you're talking about a series of commitments and behaviors that are really have a depth to it. It's it's not something that's just treated lightly. Um, it, it brings out a whole new understanding for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's there's a lot of strength to what you're doing. My my parents always joke that I've never really been able to do anything casually. And that's kind of a big component of it, I think, because they're right. And I I really never have been able to. And it's yeah, kind of goes into I think it does tie into the if you're going to do something, you might as well do it the best that you can. And I think that that's something that I definitely subscribe to. And if I'm going to like this artist, then I'm going to listen to all of their music. And I feel like just connects back to the different relationships people have with music itself and not just necessarily an individual artist. But I know that that's something just compared to my friends who aren't as involved in music. Whereas like if I hear a song that I like, if it's on social media or on the radio or in the car or anywhere, if I hear it and I like it, I like intentionally go back and I'll listen to the entire album and if I like that then I'll listen to the other like all of the artists other music and that's how I've discovered so much new music and whereas a lot of people aren't as interested in doing that and they don't go back and do that so I definitely think it's a very intentional effort mm-hmm. that gets put into a lot of things but I've been a diehard fan of things my whole life as Tilly yeah yeah, yeah. I, I love I just as much as like I worry about about people in our generation and I think I worry about all of my friends mentally like I'm just like so supportive of of your love for music and everything you do and soccer too like when I got to see you play soccer I swear you would have thought that I was on the sideline of like the World Series or something I was so pumped up to see this this D3 college soccer game and and it was kind of funny. Mine and Haley's schools were both D3, and we laughed that if our schools both, they made it to, like, the first round of getting into the championships, and we laughed that if they made it to finals, we were both going, and I said, is it bad that I'd still root for Haley's team? <laughs> <laughs> like, as a soccer girly, I couldn't go, because I still, like, there are friends younger than you that, that studied abroad with us that were playing. Um, but I think it's just really beautiful to be able to to also connect like the way that you and Chapin connected is like on another level because of your passions for this thing. And I don't know if there's any other time in history where people could connect so quickly based over something that was like so outside of yourself that someone else is doing and you just have such love and appreciation for it that it creates this amazing bond. Like immediately, you know, your personalities are going to, are going to combine well. Um, but we're, we're wrapping up and I, I kind of want to ask, is there anything, Taylor predictions, Taylor thoughts, words of advice to the people about, about consuming music and, and stuff? My Taylor thoughts. I do think Reputation is the next album. Mm-hmm. And then I think she's going to end the re-recordings with debut. I think it's going to be a nice, because everyone calls it debut, but the, the, it is self-titled that the album is called Taylor Swift. So I think it's going to be a nice big full circle reclaiming her name moment. Yeah. But I do think it's going to be reputation and debut. And then I think once the tour ends, 
I think she'll do a little breather and then it'll be the next album. And I am kind of on the fence about whether or not I think the new album would come out in the fall. But with the tour going into it's at January 2025 right now is when it ends. Yeah. So That's two, two. I don't know if she would be over two years of touring. It's going to be about two years. It started in March yeah. of 2023 mm-hmm. when she played my favorite song. Do you see her next tour still being like a large compilation or being more focused towards specific albums? I think it'll be hard because honestly, before she announced this tour, I thought she was going to do an Ayers tour type tour after all of the re-recordings came out. And you kind of saw her seeing it where she doesn't want to promote the albums that aren't out already. Correct. For her re-recorded versions and where, you know, she was kind of selective with the song choices where, for example, 1989, that re-recorded album wasn't out yet when the tour started, but... Mm -hmm. Songs like Shake It Off and Blank Space, those aren't being promoted by this tour the same way songs from the debut album would be. So I think that she's, I think it'll probably have to be more heavily catered to whatever new album she puts out with a similar style, like Greatest Hits segment, which is something she was already doing, like with the Reputation Stadium tour, you know, she's still singing Shake It Off, she's still singing You Belong With Me, but I don't, I don't think she's going to be able to do the same exact style and she never yeah. does which is also why she's so big still it's never the same thing twice mm-hmm. but she does she is supposed to be writing and releasing a movie Ooh. which i think she's definitely going to be getting more into the directing space and she's been doing all of her music videos for the past few years and she said that she wouldn't ever direct something she didn't write but that's something that I could feel shifting, especially as I, I, as much as she's enjoying being back in such a public space right now and being so public, I think she'll slowly retreat again. Yeah. So I, I think she's really gonna, she'll always be putting out music, I think, but yeah, I think she's gonna some new stuff, new adventures for other people. Yeah. What I saw her performance on a movie screen and had absolutely no knowledge of anything that she had ever done. I didn't know the songs. I didn't know the history. And she just blew it away. I mean, I was just blown away of the the whole performance, everything to put together that package was something I've never seen. And I think whether you're 30 or 25 or 80, as I am, uh, there's no way that you can hide the talent that uh, of putting on that kind of experience. And I, uh, Really, thank you for sharing your thinking tonight. Uh, this is really so special. This is nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's it's really cool the the journey we've had. I mean, we never would have guessed five years ago that that the two of us would have 
had such a weird bonding experience. And I was actually rather annoyed about the fact that I had a random roommate when I was already over there with four friends, but yeah, it so, anything. so Grams, the, and for everyone watching, this is kind of funny. I, it was my second semester there in Italy, right? And so the first semester, I had a whole different crew of people I was living with. And then they moved me from a seven-person apartment to a three-person apartment. And I show up. I'm the first one in the apartment because I, I got there early. And I show up, and there's three beds in this mediocre-sized room uh-huh. and only a kitchen with a couch in it and no other room. Like, we didn't have a living room space, really. And it was more of, like, like a small room, and the kitchen was in a closet, like, framed yeah. in a closet space. Oh, boy. And I'm standing there, and then... The other two roommates arrive, and, and Haley was one of them. And she was like, she told me after the fact, well, like, she had all these other friends from her soccer team that were studying abroad as well, and they were all together in a separate apartment than she was. So she was separated from them, and she was nervous about who she was going to be with. And she said that day she knew that she loved one of her roommates, oh. and it was me she texted her parents about. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, and her nice. parents are, are the absolute sweetest, and I, I nice. got to go visit her and the girls at school and, and hang out with them for a little bit. But soon I'll head back up there when I get a chance, or they can come take a little vacation down here whenever they want. There I you hope, go. Hopefully at the end of in October I'll be down in Florida. Yeah, good. will be exciting. And, uh, and maybe miraculously uh, someone can can find some Miami tickets that'll pop up out of the ground and, and we'll just do a little a little round two eras tour if we can. Well, round two for you. <laughs> round two of us together, Hales. Round two of us together. Yeah. Oh, I'll be on, I'm always on the lookout. <laughs> Absolutely. So that that was kind of a funny thing is is we tried getting Miami tickets and they sold out before you could even blink your eyes and I didn't even get I didn't even get the chance to try for those tickets yeah it's same Resale. I tried and then uh and then we find out you're coming to Florida that week so we'll uh we'll try and make some magic happen uh we'll get in there it's just a matter of how but mm-hmm. I always get <laughs> and, in and how much <laughs> yeah well <laughs> we'll make it happen though but thank you so much yeah. for joining us and and thank you all for, for watching oh, and hanging I out. I didn't with even us. get to read you my lyrics. Oh yeah. Do you want to read from your a romantic song? Wow. See if you can guess who wrote this. Are you ready? Yes. Can I go where you go? Can we always be this close forever and ever? You know, I have heard that song once or twice. Yeah, I'll bet you have. I'll let, hang on, I'll get, a little, I'll get a prop. <laughs> Ta-da! From the stack. There. <laughs> you know, they, they say that uh, that may be her most romantic song she ever wrote. At one point, it was her favorite song she's ever wrote. Oh, really? I don't yeah. think she'd give you the same answer these days. But at yeah. one point... It was her favorite one. Oh, nice, nice. Thanks again for being with us. This has been fun. Oh my gosh, I uh, I love you both. I'm Thanks excited so we did this little crossover. Bye. <laughs> if you guys have questions for Haley, we can have her back. Leave them, leave them down below. Sure. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.
Thanks, Hale. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>